Welcome everyone to the Authentic as Fuck podcast. <laughs> Hello. Hey. You also wanted to talk about um What did I write? Healthcare system. Oh gosh. So I had this really odd, it was just a random Why, why healthcare system? <laughs> okay, so I had this odd scenario that happened that I was just kind of um Okay, I'm, I worked in healthcare on the administration side, so I'm not completely shocked at, at what I'm about to tell you. But at the same time, as a consumer, I'm kind of like, what the fuck? Like, really? So I, uh, 30, I'm almost 35, I think, uh, years old, or maybe I am 30. I don't know. I forget how old I am. <laughs> That's not good. Oh, I will be 35, I think. Okay, so... I just don't have a, I mean, since I, I had a primary care physician, obviously, when I was um, a kid, I had a pediatrician, but I have not had like a primary care regular doctor. I haven't had to, thank goodness, super healthy, right? Well, Michael was finally like, dude, I think you need to like get a doctor just to have, like you're not sick or anything, but like you, you should probably be going to the doctor every year just in case mm-hmm. and have that established. And so I was like, yeah, you know what? I think you're right. So I was doing this kind of like search of primary care physicians and ended up talking to one who was, um, who I was telling, she was like, tell me a little bit about yourself. And and overall I tell her like, you know, I'm, I'm fairly young, healthy, haven't had any issues in life. And I really just need to establish a doctor to see annually and, and to make sure everything's still good. Um, and we talked a little bit more in depth and and she is a physician who's now gone into private practice. So she has her own practice mm-hmm. and is learning, you know, how to run a business, which I think is where this comment came from that she proceeded to say, which was, oh, well, I mean, that's great that you're healthy. Um, it sounds like you'd be a pretty like low utilizer. So you're probably not a good fit for us. Um, because... And I was like, oh, really? She was like, yeah, it doesn't sound like you have any like chronic illnesses or, and she's a primary care physician. She's not like a specialist or anything. And I was like, really? Really? And I was like, why? And she's like, well, I mean, it just like from a reimbursement standpoint, uh, you know, since you wouldn't be in here a lot, like it may not make sense. Um, It may not be a good fit. I was so shocked that, I mean, is, is, can they do that? <laughs> is that I, I guess, normal, first of all? <laughs> I don't know. Like, I I still am just kind of like, I've told a couple people the story, and I'm like, wow. I get it, though. Like, I would be a low utilizer. You're going to get bare minimum from me, like, annually. And maybe I come in once a year if I get sick, but doubtful. Um, Why do so they care, I'm not though? a money... I th- I'm I'm wondering if it's just from a reimbursement standpoint, right? If you've got somebody who's got chronic, I know, illnesses, but it's still free money. <laughs> I mean, not free money, but it's still they're they're I selling a easy. product. <laughs> they're serving or selling a service for money. Like, unless you lose money from that service, why would you not do it? <laughs> I, why would you not do it? I was like, I'm insured, um, and we were gonna like pay a fee to like to be like in her she has like a concierge practice gonna do something like that and i was just i mean maybe the paperwork paperwork is so much that they'll actually lose money that yeah it just doesn't make sense um 
I was just, it was just a random thing. I was like, man, it's a random thing that happened to me this week that, or last week that I was like, this is so. I mean, the healthcare here is so fucked up that, uh, I mean, it's not just, just healthcare, it's everything, right? <laughs> but, because <laughs> I, 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 it know, was just, really, it was just, I don't weird. know a lot about healthcare, but, uh, last week I was watching this um, YouTube video where they're talking about uh, how Singapore was able to pull off like the most amazing universal healthcare, right? And it just like makes completely sense. But like it, the, a system like that would just never work here because of not because of technology or anything like that, but because of all the red tape that it has to cut through. Because in order for in order to make that system work here, we basically need to change our entire government system. <laughs> mm-hmm. Because so many people in the government profit from the existing healthcare system yeah. that they, it cannot be changed without them losing money. Yeah, it would require a, a big overhaul. Yeah. But basically um, what Singapore did is, is exactly what what I've been saying, why can't we do that here? Which is, you can have social aid, right? I mean, I'm I'm not a big fan of social aid. Like, I'm a very, <laughs> I'm super capitalistic, meaning, like, let's just let free market decide everything, right? Mm-hmm. But if we are going to give government aid, like, the way they do it is they give a certain amount in a cart, and they can use that cart, like cash, to spend to spend it in any hospital they want. And that that incentivizes <laughs> the hospitals to roar, like be competitive in their rates. Do you understand what I mean? Oh, yeah. And it, it yeah. incentivizes the drug companies to be. But here, because we don't directly get control of their money, right? Like the insurance companies directly dealing with the hospitals and uh, pharma companies. So they can pretty much charge whatever they want and keep raising our insurance rates and we have to keep paying for it yeah no it's a mess that's all i know is that the healthcare system is just a mess and michael being in like me working in healthcare and then michael running like a healthcare company and technology company and trying to sell a product to the healthcare industry like you just realize how uh it's such a distorted world that isn't like every other industry at all. Mm-hmm. Like, um, it's not, you know. Uh, I, finance finance is a little bit like that. Government. Like regulation. <laughs> like, government. like, basically, yeah. You're, yeah, you're not really, when you're in those businesses, you're not in the those businesses, meaning when you're in healthcare, you're not actually doing anything revolutionary in healthcare. If you're in finance, you're not doing revolutionary there. You're in, you're doing government. Like for example, in the beginning, we tried to go after government projects because they're huge. Mm. They're they have big money. But every one of those projects were like uh it had nothing to do with your abilities, skills, or anything like that. And you know, it has everything to do with just checking the right boxes and stuff like that, right? So, 
90% of, I think, every work that's being done with the government is like all administrative, <laughs> not the actual work of treating a patient, but the yeah. paperwork, <laughs> right? Of treating a patient, yeah, yeah. or getting paid for treating them. Yeah. And that's the um, real business, the paperwork, not that. Not, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's why, and that's why the physician said to me, I don't think you're a good fit. Yeah. That's like, what? <laughs> yeah. Like, if I'm sick. I come to the hospital. That's how I, it works. <laughs> I thought that's how this works, but okay. Gotcha. Um, yeah. So crazy. But um so like what when you said you know you used to go after uh government jobs like out of curiosity like what are the jobs that you like enjoy like of out of your like portfolio like your book of business other than michael brody Wade's, like you know the jobs that (laughs) i love the most are the smallest smallest clocks the smallest ones right because then it's a bigger impact you know what I mean? The 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 higher you go, the more like uh just cog in the machine you are, right? Like yeah. Whereas in the lower you go, the the bigger that cog is. <laughs> because like if I'm working with the American Red Cross, right? Like I I might have the best idea in the world that to suggest to them, but the person that I'm suggesting it to is a 25-year-old marketing manager who just graduated from NYU, who is, you know, mm-hmm. this is the, her nine-to-five job that she's just working temporarily so she can save enough money for her wedding. <laughs> like, that's the person I'm giving my idea to. <laughs> that person care less. What she's trying to do is do the bare minimum job possible. So whenever some I bring something new to her, she's gonna be like, no, 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 because I know this is safe. I know this I can uh, get through yeah. my my chain of command, right? So yeah. that that's how it works with bigger clients. <laughs> yeah. So you would rather have that your your favorites are the smaller. Yeah. Clients. I mean, yeah. the bigger. Don't get me wrong. The bigger clients are the mo- the most profitable and easiest projects because I I, right. I I they want me to do something very simple and easy but they have all the money in the world you know yeah <laughs> are there any projects that you regretted no not no. really because at the end of the day i feel like i'm my job is to provide a service i mean that's like if my job is to clean toilets like you, uh, hey, do you regret it? No, because he, he was cleaning toilet because it's his job. <laughs> so so yeah. it's not the task itself. It's it's you're you're serving you're serving a purpose. You're serving a client, right? You're serving your whoever. If I'm cleaning the toilet, I'm serving the people who's coming into the, this bathroom to use it. So, mm-hmm. I mean, no. <laughs> I was just curious, like if that, yeah. if you're ever like, oh man. No, I, but I have I to totally get over makes... that. Because in the beginning, I was like that, where like if the client didn't agree with me, like mm-hmm. I would get so upset. But uh, I think that's a maturity day, thing, no. though. <laughs> like I think that comes with time, like as you mature and 
like you don't throw tantrums you anymore. <laughs> yeah, you grow out of the tantrums, or at least you like. It's easier to like understand their perspective or whatever, or to appreciate it, even if you don't agree with it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and to know that, like, at the end of the day, your my job is to serve the client, right? And yeah. Like what we talked about, that real estate agent, right? Like, mm -hmm. what if if the client wants this house, even if it's a bad investment? My job is to help them get that house, <laughs> not to fight, argue yeah. with them to, <laughs> to try to convince about them to get not buying house. it. Yeah, yeah. Like, hello. Um. Yeah, that was so true. But that that does take maturity and growth. Um, along the way, yeah. which is easy for me to like forget. Like when I, there's a, there's a gal we work with and when I see like some of her growth edges and things or she'll do things and I'm like, why in the world would, would she do that? Like, it's easy mm. for me sometimes to forget like, oh, when I was that age, I didn't know half mm. what I know now. Um, and it's and more like um, life things or like actual tasks, like just life like, thing or like how you would approach something, right? Like mm -mm. even just the approach. Uh, uh, and and then like the appreciation for sometimes it's really hard for me is an appreciation for people that think differently than me. Mm -hmm. And and. And it's not like the bigger scale, like political stuff, like nothing's like that. It's just like more like, like day to day things. Yeah. yeah like think like very basic things. Like I, I totally appreciate and honor like that. We all have different opinions and mm -hmm. walk this world from different perspectives mm -hmm. and stuff like that. This is more just like tactical day to day execution of tasks mm -hmm. that, um, that sometimes I, uh, take for granted like the way things that come very natural naturally to me like logistics and efficiency and planning and organizing like that all comes very naturally to me mm -hmm. and that sometimes it's really difficult for me to appreciate and understand how it doesn't come naturally to other people mm -hmm. and that they don't even see that as an option um so as a leader or as someone who's like mentoring people i've really had to work hard on well i mean that's just that's that. probably just from lack of experience right because i think there's uh there's cases like that like where for it's the other person yeah i think for you because i think it's more of a frustration <laughs> because like maybe her level mm -hmm. of that is here and you're looking at it from here so you see there's a huge gap so that's more of a frustration. It's not that she's so different from you, I think. Because I think the personal, I think where you're, where, where you think that about a person is not coming from that, that they're different from you or they think different from you. It's that, it, it's, it's the frustration that uh, they, they don't know these things yet. So they're at that level. Mm -hmm. Because here's a perfect example, right? I, I'm probably really bad at all of those things. But I don't think you think of me any less than that because 
I'm different. I I excel in other areas. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Right. So yeah. No, so I you don't. don't think of me like that, but then you know. So it's it's not it's it's less about that, and I think it's more of your frustration that because I'm like that when I give a task to a designer. And they obviously do it like however they would do it. I'm like, oh, why don't you do it this way? Like it's much better and easier. Yeah. <laughs> like that's a frustration. It's but but it's because that person just doesn't have that experience yet. It's not because they're different than me. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Because I'm like I'm okay with people being different. Yeah. I. Okay. It is. It's the gap. It's the frustration and the. It's gap. so hard to teach somebody how to ride a bike. Or teach somebody how to drive, because it comes. It's so easy for us, natural, like because yeah. that we forget how we went through it. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yes. yes, and that's what I've been realizing is that I, I I forget like that I didn't know all this stuff, right? Yeah. Like I didn't know I didn't know these things until I knew them, right? And and maybe I got exposed to them earlier in my life than than she did, uh-huh. right? So that made me that makes me feel like oh she should already know it, but it doesn't matter how old you are if you don't you yeah, don't know yeah, what yeah. you don't know yeah. you don't know what you didn't experience, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but it is. I think you're right. It's the frustration, the gap, and like the lack of appreciation for what it is like. When you you're so at much the place patience. where the gap is. <laughs> yeah. Oh. <laughs> to teach someone like <laughs> I mean, yeah. You need a lot of patience, which I'm not great at either. So I don't know. there's that. Yeah. I use up my my patience threshold gets completely used up with my children. Mm-hmm. So my daily threshold for patience, like they are using up every drop. And so and that's where I want it to go, right? And mm-hmm. So then when it comes to other things, I'm like, okay, my yeah, patience, my tolerance, and my ability, <laughs> it's all, that cup, that patience cup is like gone. <laughs> or like I'm saving that patience cup because I uh-huh. know I'm going to have to use it uh-huh. um, at some uh, some other point in the day. So For me, when I yeah. usually deal with younger people, like younger than 25, it's, it's less about, yes, I'm frustrated that they don't know these things, but it's less about that. I'm frustrated that they don't know those things, but I'm frustrated that they act like they know, like, because a lot of people at that age, they don't know what they don't know. Right. So mm-hmm. it's kind of like what I, what we talked about, like when a 23 year old kid comes to me and asks me to sign an NDA because they have this amazing idea they might think that they're coming to me thinking like they're so smart and they're professional. Like I have this NDA and like, can you sign it for me? Like, you know, they think that that they're like being all business-like by doing that. Meanwhile, I'm looking at them like, what a fucking newbie, <laughs> right? So, but they don't even know that I'm, <laughs> yeah, they don't even know that I see through that bullshit right away, right? So right. that's what I mean by they don't know what they don't know. So a lot of times, I feel like what's a lot of the things that are going on right now with like the far left and the far right, it's really mm-hmm. like a fringe game, right? I think there's a small percentage of people in this country that are here and here, 
But mo- most of us are here. We don't, we don't agree with either of them. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Right. <laughs> but yeah, the reason why I think this is happening right now is because, like, what, what, would, what was I just saying before that? Totally blacked out there. Uh, you don't agree with left and right. They bring you the NDA. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. There so, you have you ever heard of this um, phrase? <laughs> if you're not a socialist by the time you're 20, you don't have a heart. But if you're not a capitalist by your age 30, you don't have a brain. <laughs> I haven't <laughs> have you, heard that. Have you heard That's of that? Funny. So I understand, no. right? When I so when I see this like college kids in the far left to these days, I understand where they're coming from because when I was in my early 20s, I. I wore the fucking Che Guevara shirts and I was like all like <laughs> fighting for justice. And I, I, I did all of that shit too. You know what I mean? Because that's when I, you don't know what you don't know. <laughs> you don't know. Mm-hmm. That's when you don't know that the world problems are actually not that simple. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah. So th- I mean, that I think that's kind of what's happening there. It's that when I see these young kids today in college, colleges, I can be looking at them like, oh, fucking stupid you are. Like, <laughs> you know, the shit. But it's, it's, it's kind of, I have to look at it with the eye of like, oh, yeah, that's how I was. And they're gonna, those guys are going to change too in 10 years' time. <laughs> right, yeah. right. I mean, even like parents, like I know like before I had kids, mm-hmm. Like I would see other parents and how they were doing things and like, oh, I'll never do that or I won't be that parent. And then you become one and then you're like, okay, they can have dino nuggets twice this week in the world. <laughs> you know, like you start, you start to make like, I mean, that's a very like minimal example, but What's like, a dino nugget? like oh, what is a dino nugget? I mean, that is a good question. Uh, yeah. No, but, I want one. <laughs> Hey, they're not they're not terrible, not my favorite thing, but definitely my kids love them. They're like dinosaur shaped chicken nuggets. Um Oh, okay. So they're not made of dinosaurs. <laughs> not that I know of. I'm not sure what they're made of, actually. <laughs> um but you know, you know, like I think we I think I have to remember that too. It's like it you don't know what you don't know. Like that's that's one thing. And then like there is a gap. Like it's easy to underappreciate the amount of time that that happens. Like like you said, 10 years or it, you know, I forget that I'm 12 years older than her. That's a that's a that's, that's a, a huge lot. Like, difference. That's that's it. That's, that's almost a generation. Right. <laughs> that's okay. Like I'm realizing that. Like, oh, the same age no no like six years six more years she could be your daughter (laughs) that is so weird to think about um but yeah like oh i was in like middle school or something when she was i do think young people nowadays are definitely way smarter than when i was that age though i mean i can clearly see the yeah yeah but the exposure to thing like there's a yeah there's more information like, there's, available yeah there's more information yeah. yeah 
um, you have to be less intentional about your learning mm-hmm. now because it's so. I don't necessarily you have to be know if it's about a anything. good thing or not, though. Do you know what I mean? Like I, I there's good, yeah, yeah. There's good and bad. Yeah. I think to both. Yeah. Um, the degree to which the bad and the good, I think, is like is bigger now, but I think there's definitely good and bad with both. Yeah. I mean, I went through a time, I went through college in a time when uh, universities started becoming commercialized, right? Because I, I feel like up until like the 70s and even till the maybe parts of 80s, universities were still considered a place where you go to like, uh, you know, critically think, like, you know, dig deep into your souls and find yourself and, and you know, do a lot of learning, soul searching, writing. And, you know, it was still this playground of ideas and, you know, things like that. And then I, could, I feel like in the 90s and the 2000s, it became commercialized where now universities weren't looked at that any that way. Like when now when we think of university, we think of frat parties and like MTV, like <laughs> spring break and things like that, right? That's like, mm-hmm. you know, like, so I think what happens now is, happened now is like that whole culture of that university, a place to think is kind of gone, commercialized. And now I feel like they're kind of trying to bring it back but in a commercialized way. So it's all wrong. There's, you know what I mean? Yeah. I, that's why I think like we're on the last leg of this education, current education system. <laughs> yeah. Like I, I wonder if my kids will end up going to college. I don't know that it'll be, I don't trust that it'll be a thing. Yeah. The number of people in the that, way that we know it, yeah, and just in the last two years with the pandemic, it switched a lot. The number of yeah. kids saying that they're not going to go to college has <laughs> dropped by a lot. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I just just like uh, just like I feel like our uh, work. I mean, the pandemic shifted so many things. Like we saw what was possible. Like yes, it was it it was. Um, terrible in a lot of ways but I also think that it has taught us when you're in those types of situations that require you to for instance stay at home and do work or it's completely shifted the workplace Mm -hmm. um like the way that that we're required to work like I have a friend who she um pre-pandemic she'd been asking for a really long time, can I just work from home? Can I just work from home? They're like, absolutely not. There's no way you can do your job at home. There's no way you can do this job at home. Okay, well, then when you're forced into that, uh, and I, I remember just having these battles like over and over with her managers, like, can I just do this at home? Like, this makes more sense. Um, even a couple of days a week, no, there's just no way. And then like, she was forced into it because of the pandemic to work at home. She worked at home for like two years and now like they really don't have an argument like they're thinking about bringing everybody back and like most of the people are like no and i know a lot of corporations are like struggling with that like getting people to come i i, back I don't think it's gonna workplace. last though like this whole work from home thing 
It's so you think no. that they will because kind of I mean we, we've only done it for two years. You know the whole open floor. Yeah. So in the late nineties, early two thousand, yeah. everybody switched to the open floor office plan, saying yeah. that that's more collaborative. Like the cubicle yeah. situation. Yeah, from the cubicle yeah. to open desk, so you can see each other and stuff like that. And that was mm-hmm. like the dot com period when they were like, "Oh, this is more collaborative. It's more productive." Blah blah blah. It wasn't until ten years later, Harvard did a research. It found out it, it was actually like a lot less productive, and so these things you don't know until a decade out. Do you know what I mean? Like we won't know the impact of work from yeah. home until about a decade out. And my prediction yeah. is that we're all going to see that it's not working out because. Anecdotally, like, but I I know a lot of business owners and I talk to a lot of their employees and stuff like that. And what I'm hearing is, uh, this is my hypothesis. Remember in the beginning, I told you about how like a a square root of an organization does half the work, and mm-hmm. we don't know who out of that ten thousand people is that hundred. So now imagine all ten thousand people working from home, including the hundred. Now we have. 9,900 people who are the leeches (laughs) whose entire goal is like how most people are in corporate America, which is to kiss the right ass, do the right thing, and say the right things just enough not to get fired while doing the minimum work possible, (laughs) right? That's these 9,900 people's job. These 100 people's job, their goal is to actually get their job done. Make sure things are in order, okay? Now, what happens when all of them are working from home? (laughs) These 9,900 people are doing everything in their power to do the least amount of work possible. So who's left with all the work? Because these 100 people are the ones that actually can work from home and will be more productive. But what's what's happening right now is because these 9,900 people are being less productive all of that overflow of work is coming to these 100 people. So now, remember right. I, before I said companies can't, don't know who to fire because they don't know who the 100 people are, but they're sorting themselves out. Right now, the great resignation is not the great resignation. It's great resignation of these 100 people. Everyone who's quitting their jobs are these people that are quitting their job. Mm-hmm. And the companies are going to quickly realize in the next couple of years that, fuck, we fucked ourselves over by having everybody work from home. Now people have no accountability. The people that do have accountability, do have self-discipline and do work hard are quitting. And now we're left with the lazy fuckers who, who's, who, you know, do, who do just nothing. wears a tie and without a thing, who doesn't do any work no except when they're on that Zoom call. <laughs> like that's yeah. what, that's the culture that they created. I, that's my prediction of what's going to, how this is going to go down. <laughs> All right. In 10 years, yeah. I'm going to circle back <laughs> and I'm going to see where we are. You'll be like, remember okay, that just, episode? Touch base. All right. Episode 22, 23. This will be episode 23. Yeah. Uh, remember. Um, yeah. And, and I think just like, this is somewhat related, like culturally. So I was talking to a friend who was saying like, yeah, my boyfriend's like really doesn't really like his job. Mm-hmm. Okay. He doesn't like his job. Okay. He's, he's also got a, he works from home. He's got a side hustle. 
right? That's what he focuses a lot of his time on, is his side hustle, but he has the job. I don't blame him. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, he doesn't like his job, whatever. Uh, But uh, I I asked, I was like, like, does his superior know that this is going on with him? Like, does this, like, his boss know that he's upset? And it's like, no. But, I mean, they talk on the phone. I don't know. They probably do Zoom, she said. But, like, they don't have a relationship at all. Um, And so I, I, like, I go and I think back to, like, when I worked in, like, the work, when, when I worked in an office, right? Like, the amount of the, like, human relationship and, like, how you can pick up on these nuances of things, mm-hmm. like if someone's having a bad day mm-hmm. or, I mean, and I, I'm sure you know this from working yeah. with your teams. It's like, you can just, you get to know people on a level that you can't get to mm-hmm. know them through a screen. And I just, just like you can't, as a leader, you can't really pick up on, oh, someone's unhappy. Yeah. Cause I bet if this was a traditional work environment, his boss, his leader would know that he's unhappy even without him saying anything. And I know that as, as a leader, like there's no way that I would want to work from home and not know my people because there's so much that's said without saying anything. Um, But leader is kind of a, I mean, I don't know if you would call that a leader because you're probably just talking about a manager who's also working from home, yeah, who's is. probably starting another company no, on I his know. own too. Who's <laughs> just checking the box. But I think that's what, I, I think that's what's happening in some of this work from home stuff. It's like, you no longer, particularly in like people that, like this particular individual, like he has always worked from home. It's a work from home job. Mm. Uh, and he doesn't want to work anywhere else because that doesn't of that, offer yeah because of that because of the work Mm -hmm. from home and i i think there is value in it i think it i think that there there's a need for it i mean because that was happening before the pandemic like people worked from home and worked remotely but especially in these instances where you didn't already know the people right like you didn't already have a relationship and then you went to work from home i see how that Mm -hmm. works but if you have literally like never met that per- or maybe like the one time you met them was in your interview mm-hmm. but even then a lot of these are like all virtual mm-hmm. interviews you're not flying you're not meeting the team you don't have like in-person meetings at mm-hmm. all like i can't imagine a working in that environment and b being like a leader in that yeah. environment or a manager or any anything like that i mean even like you're and i like our relationship it definitely got stronger when we like met and spent time yeah, together, yeah. right? Like all we knew was sun on the other side of a That's screen. True. But yeah. then like once we were able to like meet yeah. and experience life together and sit yeah. at that it's, random it's like, Mediterranean uh, <laughs> restaurant. Like you like <laughs> That's what I was gonna say. You develop it's, a relationship. During those when you're eating together, those things where those are the 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 extra activities that we already do in our personal daily lives. But when you do them together as a group, that's when you start to realize the nuances of like, oh, oh, son doesn't like Diet Coke. Oh. <laughs> like, you know, like those little, yeah. when you learn those little details about a person, now we've humanized each other. 
before you're just this uh, role in my company that I report to versus yeah. now we're humans, <laughs> two humans on now earth. Now we're humans <laughs> that have a relationship. Yeah. yeah. That, that like don't just like work together. Like mm-hmm. we we aren't just two pawns like moving around. Like we actually have a relationship. And that's kind of what I mean. Like as a manager, leader, whatever, like though, because you know, those nuances, because you can pick up on those little things, then you can, or you know, those little things, then you can pick up on when there are changes or like variability in how someone is behaving or, or something seems off or something seems really good. Like, and, I just like I, I wonder what I do wonder if your prediction is true and like what's gonna happen that because the younger generations don't have don't really value that as much. The the small talks, the the little hey, uh is you know I know like I, yeah. I know uh you guys had food poisoning last week. Like are you guys okay? Like Right. Yeah. I don't I think the younger generation doesn't have appreciation for those type of relationships. Why do you think that is? Because like there's just uh because they the, their main form like of communication is like texting. It, it's like the is is very externally like Yeah. They're not exposed to a lot of or, or in person relationship building. So what yeah. ends up happening is like I remember growing up, like I had a lot of like instances where like we had like late night hanging out with my friends, just talking and like, you know. Those type of like, but now it's just me sitting in my twelve-year-old sitting in my dark bedroom playing video game, talking to somebody on talking shit on the headset on Xbox, yeah. right? So, yeah, the whole dynamic of learning how to have social relationship has is not really developing, and they don't see the importance of that. I guess. Yeah, because I like I'm thinking about like the groups where. Even like, not even when I was young, but like when I was in grad school, there was a cohort of us. There was only eight of us that like we went through the entire two year, two and a half year program together. Mm. And I think about like, when did we, I mean, because there's a strong bond, like I could see them tomorrow. Mm. Right. And it would be as if we had. It's like military. It's like you guys went to war together. Yeah. (laughs) We. Yeah. Oh, it felt like it sometimes, but like all the moments where like we were up late or we were stressing Mm. or we were sitting in, there was one of our, one of the individuals in the cohort, she lived like in a central location. So that's usually where we would go. The like, I mean, I remember like ordering the Jimmy John's and the pizza, like, like I can like remember those moments, but do I remember like sitting in class? Mm. No, not necessarily. Like, but you, but when you look back, are you like, Oh, those were some good times. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like, Oh yeah. Like when I think back to just those, Oh, that entire experience, like what's so endearing about it and and what was so great about it were those, the ability to like build this impenetrable relationship with these seven other people mm. that they're the only ones that know what that experience yeah, was yeah, like. Yeah. And, and I believe it. Yeah. And we can just kind of like, like you just kind of look at each other mm-hmm. and you just, you just kind of know, you know, like that was definitely like one of the coolest experiences of my life, even though it was like really fucking hard. 
Like it was really fucking hard. Um, it's definitely one that I like appreciate and love. And I think it's because of like the, of the relationships of the other people that I did it with. Mm -hmm. And you guys went through the little moments. It's the, I guess it's a bond of like, you know, when people go to war together, they survived it together. You know how like, yeah, (laughs) when you're in like an emergency situation, like, you're getting, let's say, chased by a dog or something like that. And then you finally, like, in a safe place, you're like, <sighs> and then you're like, the first thing you do is you laugh, right? Like, you, let's say you yeah, just went through yeah, some yeah. crazy situation. You're like, <sighs> and then now you're back into safety. And let's say you're that experience with someone else. The first thing you're going to do is look at each other and be like, start laughing. It's like, Whew, can you believe we just survived that? <laughs> like, <laughs> we did that. Yeah. And I think there's, that's what's happening. Like, you guys survived that together. And yeah, that's why I love, I miss like those early days of night owls. Like I miss, yeah. Yeah. Cause there is some, there's something about that, right? Like the suffering together and the victory, the victory together, like the highs, the lows, like you're doing. And, and, and then like the, uh, the very uh, mediocre moments Mm -hmm. in between the Jimmy Mm -hmm. Johns on the Mm -hmm. couch when you're exhausted. Why like, can't we, they, okay. So do you still talk to those people? Yeah. Like not super okay. often, but yes, are they like still we like all that? like kind of check in. Yeah. Are you guys still the know. same? I don't think we've ever like, or have you guys changed? I think we're all still fundamentally yeah. like the same, like yeah. kind of people. I mean, we all have different lives, like married babies, like, but when you get kinda, together, kind of things, but fundamentally, are you guys different with oh, it's each like, other? It's as if than they are with other people, for example. Probably because there's a level yeah. of comfort. Like I have a level of comfort with them that mm. I do other people because it because of the situation we were in. There comes a point where there's no there, you have to take you got to be a super authentic. Like if you don't like you, because it's, it's an authentic relationship. Are. Like as as opposed to before when we were saying like, it's like oh I'm I'm sorry you felt that way, right? <laughs> like that's yeah. a fake relation. Like right now we live in a world where we have a bunch of acquaintances like that, where we will never tell them our true feelings, <laughs> but we still act very friendly right. and very smiling, and we act like we're close, but we're not, <laughs> right? But we're not. And yeah. we grew up as adults. We're like, we trained ourselves to have that kind of relationship. Whereas in obviously when you were younger, you, you had these more real relationships. Right. So do you think it's that people grow and mm-hmm. they change or are people like that even at that age now? Are people fake even at that age, I guess? At like the mm. young age, yeah. Are people at that, fake? like or, or when they're in college, or uh, I think I think it I think that's very uh dependent on innately who people are, and then I think like then I think your external factors can like reinforce that. So if you're someone who um is maybe not super confident, right, or like not super comfortable being who you are 
or being your truest self. And then like something external makes you even more Mm-mm. afraid of doing that. Then I think like, especially if it was a young age, you were like bullied or like what you're into was kind of people made fun of it or whatever. I think that that then puts you in, it then molds how you express yourself to the outside world, no matter what age, right? Once you feel that, I think that that armor starts to build. Mm. And then you, I think you could put someone right beside them who were, that was like very encouraged or like um, whatever was unique to them, whatever was true to them was supportive and they fit in, then it, they go a completely different way and they're okay being themselves. I think ultimately there's an innateness though, like if, of being comfortable to do that. And then I think it's reinforced or. It's like a uh, little bit of kind of nature and a little bit of nurture. <laughs> Both. I don't know. That's what I think. Yeah. Um, Probably like most things. I don't think anything is 100% like, yeah. nature and 100% nurture. Yeah. There's going to be influence, right? Like I feel like. Nate, like nurture like the nurturing aspect that's mm. that's gonna have an influence to some degree i think nurture is huge um, have you seen that documentary about three brothers they're triplets but they were separated at birth so they all grew up in three different households and they didn't even oh, know no. that until one day like one of them saw another one on tv or something like that it's like what and then actually once that happened and they were on TV, the third one wow. found out and it turned out there's they were separated in the hospital. Yeah. But so you don't know about the story at all. No, uh, I'm gonna have to look it up. That's yeah, so, awesome. Well, it's and not did they really all a happy turn story. out kind of different. <laughs> because <laughs> it it turned out that oh. the reason why that happened is because there was this hospital that were uh adopting children, like for adoption agency. Uh-huh. They were doing this experiment. This was back in the 50s or something like that, where they would split up these twins or triplets and they would check in on them to study them. And they would see, like, they were basically trying to study nature versus nature. And it's fascinating yeah. because first half of the movie talks about all the similarities they had, even when. They haven't seen each other for 18 years. The first 18 years of, uh, of their life, there's just so many little ticks and things like that they're very, very similar in, right? But then later, later on, it, it just shows you how, but innately how, they, how different of people they actually are because of the environment that they grew up in. Like, <laughs> hmm. what it, what, Where's the documentary on? I saw it on Netflix, I think. Google. Either Netflix or Hulu. I'll, I'll find. I for, and I forgot what it was called. Okay. But it was, every minute I'll of the documentary it. was like, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> Wait, what? Okay, those are the kinds I like. Um, and I've really gotten into Letterman's, like Netflix. Like his new um, talk show? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like... He's such, I think he's such a good interviewer. And I think that he, um, he's just kind of like, I feel like I'm getting to see this part of him that I didn't, yeah. that I, I feel like was and he's talked about it on yeah. his show. Like, like the, mm-hmm. oh, really? Cause he just, 
he seems like someone I'd much rather I'd much rather watch him in this this version uh, of him than that version. Like that really felt like a a masked version of him. Like not the uh, real version of him. I think you could like tell like this is not who he really is. But I feel like in this, like I'm getting to see his genuine questions. I love how he shares his stories. I love how he like like the like the mm-hmm. Cardi B version where he's like just oh, the topsies. <laughs> I feel like he's able <laughs> Yeah, like I'm just like, like how he's able to just be another human mm-hmm. with them and not really be an interviewer. Well, people sense? said that so, that's the real him, and he, he had to like look the part and he had to play that part for you know for the late show, yeah, his show, and he knows it, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that makes sense. Yeah, 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 that's yeah. A, he's a performer, right? Like he's a yeah. that that's his job. Like, but I, it's funny how I how I feel like you can kind of tell mm. that now that I'm seeing same thing it. with Jay Leno too. Right? Hindsight, like I'm like oh, he's the 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 yeah. show he's doing with the cars is doing so well because you can really see that that's actually where his real tr- true passion lies. <laughs> that's like, yeah, yeah, that's like him. Yeah, it's really cool. But anyway, I don't know what made me think of that. That's the world where but, I think switching to where, yeah, we, we used to be like in this the produced real, the real world. kind of media type of thing. And now we're slowly switching to more real. And, like when I did that, uh, like I was, I did this TV interview a couple of weeks, few weeks ago and the, the, the host there said, when he first started in journalism, like one of his mentors told him that camera always catches a lie. And I think that's kind of, hmm. now because there's cameras everywhere with social media, it's, it's really becoming apparent. And, you know, it's just like, yeah. Yeah, you can like pick up on it. Yeah, and we can kind of end on this like really funny, you know, like a couple weeks ago when we were talking about <laughs> hit the like button, subscribe now, like that that whole thing. Mm-hmm. I was on TikTok and in my like for you page, there was this gal who I and I cannot stand these kind of TikToks where she's like, they do like a little intro, right? And they're like mm-hmm. something that you probably do want to know about. And then they're like, then she's just super polished and everything. And she's like, and I'm a, mm. hi, my name is mm. blah, blah, blah. And I'm a leadership coach. And I've been mm. coaching people just like <laughs> you. Don't forget to hit the like button and subscribe. You know what? If I like enough what you're saying, then yeah. I will like it and I will subscribe to you. But I've already <laughs> determined that I don't like jack shit that you're talking about because you told me. First of all, you wasted 15 seconds. And you're on TikTok. Like, I don't have time to know who you are. Mm-hmm. I, if I wanted to get to know who you are, then I will choose that path. I know, yeah, I yeah. totally know how to use this platform. But you still won't. In terms of a the, consumer the thing. perspective. If I do have a call to action, let's, let's say follow or share, that thing always goes up. Like, so if I share, then shares goes up. If I say follow me, then, then my follow goes up. And the reason why that really? works is because... Most people forget, oh, I should follow him. But then as soon as they go, oh, if, and if you want more, something more like this, just follow me, right? But I've been studying this guy. I, I've been studying YouTube editors uh-huh. and creators and 
who studies retention and stuff like that. And this one editor said it's so brilliant. He said he was reviewing another YouTube video and saying where, he, where what they did wrong. And he said what she did wrong is it's very important when you ask them to subscribe. It's not about whether you ask them to subscribe or not. Yeah. It's when you subscribe. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. once you, as soon as you, if this is the video, let's say, and here's the point where you give the most value, like here's the shot, the money shot, right? Right yeah. after that, you have to ask them to subscribe before you go into the next one. But if you do it here, <laughs> then you're actually going to piss them off. And it's going to come. Yeah. I, and that's what happened. Because at that point, you're like, you didn't do shit for me yet. You want me to subscribe? <laughs> like, Yeah. And you want me to, sub- like, you. Oh, first of all, you, and it pissed mm-hmm. me off anymore because you hooked me because mm-hmm. I was actually kind of interested. Now you're wasting 15 yeah. fucking seconds, exactly. which is a long time on TikTok. You're wasting mm-hmm. this much time yeah. to tell me something. And I don't even know why I would do it. Now, but I do, I I, I can t- I'm totally okay with it if it's like oh you provided me value and I'm like yeah, oh yeah, yeah I'll yeah. subscribe like the, cool but yeah that just I was I think so for mad. something to go Cairo I was like fuck you <laughs> there's three things that have to happen right number one is the hook which she got because hook is what gets you interested in doing yep but then the second part is there has to be yep. attention so a lot of people do that they have an amazing hook but they have a weak finish so like uh, the whole time i've been waiting to see what happens and that's it <laughs> like that that doesn't go viral because people are yeah, like, out yeah. of spite they actually hate them even more or they'll just like and they're definitely not going to engage right so yes yeah so yeah. you need some sort of a payoff at the end right but then now you need to be able to hold them through that payoff which is what that girl didn't they they did the intro hook and they say, in this video, you're going to learn this, which comes at the end. And they just waste time this whole time, right? That doesn't work either. Like, that's why making good video is not just about coming up with the right thumbnail, right hook. Because you're, you're, now your content actually has to back up that hook. That amazing hook you made, now you have to get it to a point that it's even more amazing. <laughs> and that's where it fails. They're like, amazing hook? Yeah, and then, exactly. Well, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> now I'm pissed. <laughs> oh. All right. Uh, we're running out of time now. But do you want to? Yeah, I know. Add anything? Any last minute word of advice? Mm-hmm. Drop some knowledge. No. Just no. I think I've dropped enough. <laughs> I mean, I'm just kidding. Thank you for all that knowledge. <laughs> hey, you're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> Don't forget to subscribe and hit the like button and uh rate us on Spotify. Thank you, everyone. you you heard her. <laughs> hey I, <laughs> I did I rate us that. myself, okay. so there is a five star review. Yeah, I realized I was like, we don't have a rating. So I was like, yeah. Psh, I'm going to five. Yeah, star I should actually ask people. It's and, the thing. See, but then it was like, as soon as I ask people, there's going to be yeah, some. Yeah, because it's, it's so weird like that. <laughs> well, 
Well, I was like, uh, why don't we have a rating? Because I was curious. And uh, then I was like, oh, let me do it. And so I hit it. And then it said, once you have enough, I guess there's a certain number of reviews that you have to have before they'll actually post it yeah. and show it. So on Spotify, that's where I listen to my podcast. Um, cool. Okay. Yeah. So don't forget to like, don't forget to subscribe and rate us on Spotify or whatever <laughs> Thank you, podcast platform you use. Thanks. Everyone. Bye. Thank you. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>